Talk of the Morning Words, y'all. I'm Shira. And this is Liz. Look how she got it. She went so quick this time. <laughs> if you checked any of our episodes, I love when she let me start because I want to put her on the spot because she she just be waiting. She'd be like this and so I guess we got to say something now. I'm glad you popped in. What's up, girl? Uh, well, it's either I either started and then I take over the whole introduction or I don't know, I get excited and then I don't say anything. And then I'm like, this is Shara. Right. And Liz. The pause. It's the, the pause, pause for me. Yeah. Yeah. So how pause. are you? How are you? I'm doing good. I am. For those of you who don't know, I'm actually in my hometown back at home in DC. By the time you hear this, I'll be long gone. So just know it was a time. It was a place. You missed it. <laughs> um, but ideally I'm here. Uh, my family is, uh, we're all here uh, doing some things here that has to get done. But most importantly, I'm hanging out with my grandfather. So for those of you who know me, uh, my grandfather is 92 years old and I love him. That's my best friend. Nobody else can join the best friend club, but you can join the family. Uh, and we are hanging out. So I am half work, half caregiving um, while my uh, aunts and everyone else who is in the house and loves on him is at work. So I'm doing my part, right? I feel like I'm I'm leaning in and doing my part, you know, shout out to all my aunts and everybody who, my, my mom and them who always does this work and balances the two. So I feel like, you know, I'm here doing my part and um, yeah, I'm loving it. So y'all missing out on some funny stories that is only for my friends and Tia, um, our guest who you will meet soon. I just shared that with her. I was like, okay, so now you learned a lot about me and my family over here for like five <laughs> minutes. Um, so yeah, I'm having a blast. So if you see this joy, this black girl I was gonna joy, say, I was going to say like, I mean, I just saw you Wednesday. I don't know when I saw you. But I saw you this week and the like there's glow. Did you filter yes. it? Like there's no, glow. No the filter. smile comes up to here. <laughs> like this is like your eyes are like so happy. Yes, they're disappearing. That's what she's trying to say. It's okay. You can tell everybody <laughs> it disappears when I smile. Yes, I'm so happy. I feel um, you know, it's something about, you know, I'm not sure who all has the privilege of um still having the the house they grew up in, which I'm sure in this market here in DC is a privilege for sure, because it's a lot of gentrification happening. But man, when I tell you it's, it's something, it's a joy that I can't explain. So once I come in here, I know that, you know, I'm safe, I'm at home, good things happen here. It's a lot of support and love. So yeah, I feel like I'm probably about eight or 10 years old from a joy level, very childlike, but I'm definitely doing adult work. Okay, so- all the y'all keeping me busy, just feel bad about it. <laughs> but see, our family, because I was with my mom yesterday in my childhood home, and I'm going to go there today and spend the weekend with her. And uh, and it's the same way, but I'm I'm working, and she doesn't like regard like she, she's she's almost like thinking that I'm not working that I'm playing. And I was like, no, I'm I'm actually working, like doing grown-up mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. and so she mm-hmm. called it schoolwork. she was like are you done with your school <laughs> i was like uh yeah can i have my peanut butter and jelly sandwich please thank you or not my the school work <laughs> not the school work though let me tell you something so um it's gonna go into our auntie moment but let me just say before i say that my grandmother literally was like so you can go back to sleep i said granddad we talk about this every day but i'm at i'm working he was like, yeah, but you're so quiet when you do it. I was like, granddaddy, 
It's because your TV is so loud. You cannot hear me talking. It's no way you can hear me talking while the TV's loud. He's like, it's fine if you need to take a nap. I said, look, this is where I get this funniness from. If it, it, I'm telling you, he, I, I was like, Granny, stop messing with me. Now you feel like I'm not working hard enough. He's like, that's up to you. You say you working. I'm like, so that's what I had to deal with. But um, who does that sound like? That's what I'm saying. Let me just say, I found it. Okay, you ain't got to rub it in. It's, it's right here on my face. I have, he does this every day. It is like great day for real. This is not funny no more. And he is getting a chuckle, a chuckle. Okay. So he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Because <laughs> he knows you're the same person. Yes. But it, like, I love that because I am my all a little bit of all my tias because they've all helped raise me uh, when, growing up. Like they all helped because my mom was starting her own business. She was also going to school, getting her GED so that she can sit in for her citizenship exam and everything. And so that required, and also my dad was very sick for a long time. So that required all of my tias to be active participants in raising me. So I have, I am not just my mother, even though I see a lot of qualities in her, uh, in me for of her, but I'm definitely a little bit of all of my tias combined. So when I'm with one of my tias, I'm like, uh-huh, I see why I do that. Okay. okay. So like one thing that I do, and I know you got your auntie moment, you're going to go there, but I go to the store. So I went to a store that we're not going to name because they haven't sponsored us, but it has a big <laughs> red thing because I always go there. And I went to the dollar section and I bought all this stuff. I don't need to buy all this stuff. I'm trying to pack. Like, what am I doing? So I started buying all these things. I don't even get into the house. I'm in the car because my best friend's driving. I'm in the car and I'm pulling everything out and I'm spraying all the sprays in there. I'm putting all the jewelry in because, you know, I, I wear jewelry. I wear earrings and like all that stuff. I'm putting all the... She's like, what are you doing? And I'm in my workout clothes too. Like I'm in like home clothes. And I'm here putting all this like fancy jewelry and spraying on my sprays and putting my lotions on. And then I sit there and I'm like, oh, damn. I'm my tia. I just yes. became my tia. I just yes. crossed over into you my did. tia. <laughs> that just happened. That just happened. That just happened. That just happened. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I I I feel like we should stop there with the auntie though because that was definitely it. Now, I, first of all, how much stuff you buying here? No, I'm not gonna put you on spot. That was a lot of stuff for you to. I bought a lot of stuff. I mean, two hundred dollars later. But that's you know, when anything. You, anything when you in go that store. to the store, you mm -hmm. don't need it. Like I bought this sparkly cup from another coffee shop that we won't name because they haven't sponsored us. But I bought this sparkly coffee cup there. And what did I need a coffee cup? Where am I going to put just, this? I'm looking at you with the, I'm looking at I, you with support, I know, I but feel. I'm also judgy. I'm judging. Cause I'm like, don't you got a coffee cup? How are you putting that coffee cup in your carry on bag? What's going on here, Liz? I'm coming to get these cups before you leave. You're not going to be just dragging all this mess over there. Well, no. I also bought a new luggage so I could fit the coffee cup in it. Come and on. All the other stuff. So I'm problem telling, solved. I'm telling on you. <laughs> I need. I know who I need to talk to about this. We we need to who get you more busy. busy. I know. I'm. That's okay. I'll call him. He'll know. He'll know. Um, so I wanted to share our auntie moment a little different, probably than our traditional one. So for those of you just joining us, our auntie moment typically focus on moments where Liz and I are sharing about either some experiences that we've had, you know, personally, but mostly they're about professional moments, right? When someone was daring or bold or audacious, audacious meaning they said something crazy and we was kind of like, well, let me help, let me help you get back on track here. Um, 
But the moment I'm going to share is actually going to be a personal moment because it happened yesterday. And so auntie moment, right? So my aunties, first and foremost, always put me to work, right? They don't, and I don't know if they intentionally do it, but once again, I become whatever age that I was before they saw me the last time. So I'm therefore younger, more agile, can pick up anything, you know, got Hercules strength of whatever that age was, right? Keep in mind, that's not always true, but I just lean in, show up. Um, so yesterday, my uh, I'm, I'm getting back home. My aunts, you know, there's a, quite a bit of stuff that we need to do for the house. So anyway, my aunts come in and I'm like, hey, can you help us, right? Help us with some things getting out the car. Okay. So when I think us, I was thinking, you know, we all. So <laughs> we is you. <laughs> We, right. But then I learned very quickly and got back on my toes that we wasn't we, it was you, you as in me with the no W, it was just me, right? So anywho, I go out to the car, My one of my aunts, right? She's like in the zone, right? She got the stuff, she going up and down. And then I noticed that her stuff is like back, little, you know, light work. So she's like moving fast. So I don't, I don't notice, right? My other aunt not even waiting. She's just like, huh, the door open, here's all the heavy stuff. Not even moving, not interested in doing that. She just let me know, this your age, this your roles and responsibilities. I'm here to supervise. So I get right to it, right? I get in the zone. I get in this moment. And then there is this two minute, like two second interaction that I just want to lean in on, which meant a lot to me was in those two, like literally we are going up and down stairs, clearing out these cars, getting stuff in the house. And my aunt stops and says, Something's different about you. You look good. And I was like, oh, oh thanks, aunt. Thank you very much. I was like, you. I was just about to say that about you. Like, you done lost the way. You looking good. You go up and down these steps. But she was like, no, 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 no. Not that type of stuff. You look happy. Oh. And for the first time in a long time, like that little moment, that was just, I mean, for real, she probably didn't think much about it right like we are literally going up and down stuff we're moving this was like she had sized me up right sized me up in that moment to say something's different about you something is so significant you look different and your mood is like coming out you're happy and so I take that on to say first of all that that it didn't even resonate with me because we were in a mode of trying to get stuff out the car get it in the house but at the end of the day, like I laid down at night and I was so, I know what it took for her to say that. She seen me my whole life and I've never recalled her saying that to me, but it meant the most to me. And so then I was thinking about like all the things that we had today to kind of do. And I was thinking about how many times do I not, do I not take that opportunity to look at where others are and really just admire them for the growth that they have had and lean in, not for just like, how are you doing today? But to just give that observation of how, like you have been doing the work. You look good. You look happy. I'm proud of you. Like those affirmations. And so that was one of those things that it's not in the auntie moment all the time, but I just, I found not that gratitude and acknowledgement and, and the things we look for in workplaces, like appreciation, feeling value that we could take it on in any moment and we need to take it more so in our personal moment. So that was my moment, y'all. I was I like- I love that. I so love you that. said happy earlier too. And I was like, she won't even know this is coming. We ain't even talk about this wow. moment. Wow. Yes. Talk about divine intervention. Yeah, I know I love that. But I think also too, like 
is it maybe a societal program that we've been kind of programmed into not thinking that joy is okay or happiness or really joy, right? Like it's, it's a joyful thing that, that we, we don't deserve joy or that it's something that it's earned or, you know, or something like that. Is it something that's been programmed into our heads to think in this way? Because the fact that it's in an acknowledgement, especially coming from like her, her generation, and I'm assuming it's very similar to like my Thea's generation where it was like you put your head down, you work hard, like you don't feel good or bad, like you're not sad, you're not joyful, like you just work all the time and you survive. And I think that we've been conditioned in that survival mode to say, oh, joy isn't something that I can feel right now or acknowledge. Like I, I and that's like, why is it that we can definitely acknowledge the bad stuff or the criticisms or the judgments, but we cannot say like, you look joyful today. You look happy today. You look glowing. I, and simple words, you are enough and I am proud of you. Yes. Yes. It's, it's so interesting how far I would say I've gotten probably because of the isolation over the last couple of years from just taking on those moments outside of professional work, right? Professional work. We spend a lot of time talking about how people need to feel valued, appreciated, recognized. So you're conscious of it, right? In this work. Mm -hmm. But when, when I tell you, I was like, oh no, I'm not missing another moment to say somebody, you know, you look happy. You know what? I see you, you are there to your point. You are enough. Like you, I'm just, admiring that moment and seeing it out loud. And I think that's the point, right? The, the saying it out loud, like, I don't know if we spend a lot of time and I don't know where it comes from just saying out loud, the, the positive things that you're experiencing with the people that you love. And I mean, I love you is sometimes, of course you expect that, but it's not always every day you feel that love, but it's, you see these things, you see people happy, like, you know, Hey girl, you looking good today. Like you got those moments, like, okay, I see you. Right. And, but there's some other times where it's like, I see you. Like I, I, my aunt saw me like all the work that I've been doing or the things that I'm experiencing in my life, it was on my face. And it's, it's been plenty of times that I've seen that on somebody like something different, but now I'm taking it on. So y'all hold me accountable that I'm going to find the worst and not just say something different about you, girl. I'm writing it down. I'm, writing I'm it down. taking it on. Hold me accountable. I want to make sure that I give what I experienced in that moment to other people. And joy to me, I, I don't know what it is about why we don't express that, but I'm definitely going to take that on in curiosity. And I challenge everybody listening to find those moments, to say it out loud for yourself, say it out loud to others if you see it on them. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I have, maybe that's why it's on me today. She said that to me last night. I mean, I don't know what she saw, but I still feel that energy today. So, well, and also I want to go ahead and let's bring in our guest. And so you're going to introduce our guest because this really has a lot to do with it. And I don't think I shared this with, with her, um, during our discovery call, but I definitely felt it this morning, this like aura and this beautiful, like energy that she brings in and she's on. So Sharon, do you want to introduce her? Yes, of course I do. So y'all have the privilege. Okay. If we had a round of applause, this should be happening right now, right? Y'all got the privilege to meet Tia Norman. So I know, I don't know Tia, like 
Um, I'm in a fangirl kind of way of knowing Tia. So let me just tell you how she's touched my life. And I'm using that word intentionally. So a, a few, before the pandemic, like most things are like before the pandemic, during the pandemic, during now in the pandemic. Um, but before the pandemic, my mom and I was on a weight loss journey. My mom is one of the curious people. So you know where I get my curiosity from? My mom is curious. So my mom was online. She found a yoga meditation series and we went, right? I'm just doing what my mom asked. I go into this space. Tia, along with the anthropologist, was guiding this yoga session. So when I walk in, it's not just any yoga session. It was the first time I walked in and it was people of color. Like the whole room was pretty much people of color. And it was clearly a community of people who cared about their, their health inside out. Right. And so my mom come in here. We like the guests because people are like, hi, we don't know y'all. And they're so friendly. So I go through one of the most meaningful yoga sessions I've ever had where Tia and this other person guided us with both this, um, with these practices that I've never experienced before. And where I walked away with mantras and things that I can use outside of the physical practice. Fast forward to 2020, of course, we're all in the house trying to find like, how are we going to stay sane? And um, I found that Tia, I saw Tia because I follow her online um doing you know going live so I was like oh Tia what's she talking about okay and boom she was doing guided meditation like literally early in the morning turned on her camera on her porch and she was like I'm not sure what everybody needs but I know I need to be here and just started doing just offering a space and did meditation and so I'm not gonna lie I always was there like I need to be here like I'm not gonna miss this session and it changed my life to the point that I wanted to be able to do it better. And I signed up for some private classes that she has. And I mean, it opened up something new for me where I didn't know I could have my mind clear, my heart open. And, um, and this is what I wanted to have Tia. So Tia, thank you so much for saying yes. Okay. <laughs> thank you so much for saying yes. You're, the impact that you had on me and my mother from that day on, it's something that we both carry with us. So I want to say thank you so much. And thanks for saying yes to coming on the show. Yes, thank you, Tia. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Cher, for those kind words. And um, it's funny how the thread of life kind of weaves us together, right? So thank you, thank you, thank you for that just introduction full of such kind kindness. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome thank you for changing my life right like listen <laughs> I mean I, I listen the, and the other piece of this like why Tia is here right now is if you haven't listened to our episode we talked about um some some triggering uh topics and at the end of that episode we ended up I said look you know her email this email popped up the day that I, we were going to record and literally it was saying how do you move trauma through your body and what are some things you could be doing um every day to kind of activate in inside out and so that was the, how I ended that episode if you want to learn more about it um I, we can you're gonna have to just listen because it has too many triggering topics in it for me to want to say it right now because it's like the space it's all for what we about to do but that that was really how I ended and I still use it one of the things you said was like hum and sing I felt like I was a little crazy because I haven't hummed and sing to myself over a long time but I did it and I was like oh I'm feeling it I feel, <laughs> I feel something happening here I sing all the time Sharon you know this yeah but not that song though I <laughs> not those songs that's not okay I, I'm not okay. 
Okay. You want me to start now? Okay. No, don't Anyways. do it. Well, Tia, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know I met you during our discovery call and it was just, I mean, this is like your aura that you carry the just like you have your own glow. You can definitely tell that you've stepped into your power and you like, I'm assuming that you teach joy because you have joy mm. and, um, and you can definitely see it. And I, you know, I feel like this calm and, and it's weird that we're doing this right now when like, you know, like it's just, it's just not weird, but it's just, it's an interesting moment that we're doing this right now when like, you know, Shara's in DC with her family, my family's in the UK and like, we're all kind of coming together and like having community with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things we like to start with on our podcast, and we start this with all of our guests is our diversity wheel. You know, we, we want to know kind of like, what are the, um, what are the dimensions that most resonate or are important to you in this moment? So can you share that with our listeners? Yes, I can. Thank you. Um, so it, you know, in looking at the diversity wheel, um, the short answer is that all of them resonate with me at this moment. And I think a lot of that has to do with um, my studies in spirituality and the spiritual journey, which really come down to uh, identity, you know, and how um, so many things in society and organizations and our groups and our upbringing, upbringing shape and form who we believe we are in the world. Um, so as I was looking at the diversity rule, I was like, this is all about identity, whether it's the internal or the external or the organizational, it's all about identity. Oh, that's amazing. And what, what inspired you to, to um, kind of lead this work? Mm-hmm. So um, really like a crisis in a couple of areas in my life. Um, I was in a relationship that was not good. And I was also um, feeling like not that, the only way I can describe it is I was working in corporate America and I was not wanting to get out of bed in the morning. I was like, I can't keep doing this, you know, and literally like walking into the office and feeling like sitting at my desk and having so much, so much anxiety and like, I can't breathe in this space. And um, one day, this is going to sound kind of cuckoo, but um, one day (laughs) I was driving home and I got a phone call from home Um, asking me a question about something that was happening in the house. And I was like, I don't even want to make this decision. Like, I don't want to be a part. (laughs) Like, I want whoever is at my home right now to be able to decide this. And like, I can't keep making all of these decisions. I just felt like I was carrying a lot. And so I pulled over on the side of the road and I was like, I I need help. Like, I'm done. I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, And looking back, what I would describe is that was like a moment where I was like coming to the end of myself, like all of my striving, Mm -hmm. all of my wanting things to be perfect, trying to, you know, control things that were happening. It was just like, I was exhausting myself. Um, And so that really opened up this path for exploring spirituality. 
And in exploring that path of spirituality, um, I was introduced to contemplative practices. And the introduction to that really came at this moment where I was at a retreat and this gentleman was introduced and he wasn't part of the agenda, but he came up to the podium and he was inviting us to meditate with him the following morning. Um, and what I noticed when he came to the podium is he just had this presence about him that was different. And when he got in front of the microphone, he didn't start speaking right away. And so I was like, is, is he okay? Like, is he nervous? <laughs> Did he forget what he was going to say? And it was in that moment of silence that I noticed my, how busy my own mind was. Like I was making up an entire story about this man who hadn't even opened his mouth. And so I was like, okay, whatever he's doing, I'm there. Like, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to follow this around for this weekend. And so the following day, he held what he called the sit, which was um, basically a, a meditation that is grounded in solitude, stillness, and silence. So for 20 minutes, just sitting in silence. And I say just sitting. It's more than that. But it, it's really more about um, being as opposed to what you're doing. And so... Wow. Tia, thank you for sharing that. Like, thank you for sharing your story, because I think that definitely resonates to a lot of people. It definitely resonated with me. Um, I had a very similar experience not that long ago where I was driving back back from from work and I didn't realize because I think in those moments we don't realize like how much is going on in our lives and we're just trying to push through. And for me, it was a learned behavior that I didn't realize I carried from watching my tias, watching my mom, watching my abuelita and just kind of surviving through life. And so those are learned behaviors that I had to then, you know, break those cycles. And so for me, um, I I was similar, like I, there were things that I just didn't want to do. I, I didn't want to hang out with my friends, um, which then I got called flaky because of that. And it's like, actually, I was going through something very, very heavy. And I, and I was very stressed at work. And I was in an environment that wasn't suitable for me and my needs that I needed at the time. And I, and I thought, well, this is what we're supposed to do. This is what I thought this is what I was supposed to be working towards and working for. And now I'm not grateful for it, like, because I want to get out of it. But it's not that I wanted to get out of it. I needed to get out of it. So when I was driving home from work, I almost like blacked out. And I didn't know where I was going. I had no idea. And I took that route every day for 20 years, took that route every day. And I had no idea where I was going. I had to pull over and call my husband and say, hey, I don't know where I'm going. And luckily he, you know, he tracks me on the GPS. So he's like, there's a Costco here and this, and you're here and here, like make a left. And, you know, but it, it was just like, that was a reality for me to say, you are not okay. You have to do something different. And it has to change now or you're going to go down a path and you're going to create traumas that are so deep rooted that it's going to be so hard for you to get out of. And then also for me, my children, my children will then suffer because of those. Right. Yeah. So the the ability to become aware is so important because it's very easy 
especially if those behaviors were modeled for us. And if it's, you know, if we live in a society that says like, you can sleep when you die, like, well, what about- That was my motto. That was my motto. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't know if you if you heard that before, but that used to be her thing. Yes. Yeah. No, that's like, you know, so it's very easy to get swept up in the energy of that. And often it's like a, um, like a very low, low or a very high, high that kind of snaps us out of it and says like, wait a minute, maybe it doesn't have to be like this. I don't know what it's supposed to be like, but like, this is not, <laughs> not working. And what do you say to people? Because I often get that in my clients too, where, you know, I obviously, I, I, I reached, um, one of, one of our other guests, we talked about like, what led you to this transformation? And it was like this, like, I reached the end of me, like you, you mentioned. And I have a lot of clients that they're in that space right now, but that they have, they don't see any alternatives. So what do you tell people who are at that? And you, you as like a coach or someone who's leading a meditation or someone who's mentoring or advocating any kind of shape or form that you're with this other person, how, how do you help them or help them become aware of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So part of it is creating space for, for people to really be with and listen to like what is happening, not only in the mind, right? Like the mind is going to tell you, okay, well, you need to keep going. You need to keep grinding. Like this is how it's, how it, we do things. But what's happening in your body? You know, like I explained, I literally felt like I could not breathe at moments moving into my desk. And that's my body saying like, hey, pay attention. You know, something needs to change. And we have become so disembodied as a society that we often just dismiss the information that our body is communicating to us. And so a lot of it, a lot of the kind of, um, one-on-ones with folks who are kind of explaining or feeling what you're explaining is like, can you pay attention to all of your areas of intelligence, to everything about you that is holding wisdom? Because the mind will get a hold of a story and just run with it. Like I did about the guy getting up at the podium, you know, <laughs> I made this whole thing up. And so we do that. Um, with many things. And there's even, I don't know who researches this, but um, there's a science, our dog is barking, I'm sorry. We're good. <laughs> okay. There's science that says like 90%, somewhere of like 90% of the thoughts that we think today were the same thoughts we had yesterday. And the majority of those thoughts is, is um, negative. So we're thinking bad things and then mm -hmm. we're just repeating the same thought. So it's finding, you know, for me, it's been um, meditation and contemplative spirituality and practices that bring me back into my body. Um, and also like, it requires a certain amount of trust because it is risky and it can feel scary. Like how you explained, you know, your friends were kind of like, like there's this, um, there's a separation that may be required from family, friends, kind of the groups that we've associated with. And that is one of the hardest things to do because if I'm not part of this family, 
then where do I belong? Right. Mm-hmm. If, if I, if I'm seeing things in a different way than my friend group, then who are my friends? Like I'm going to be out here by myself. So most people will just continue with the cycle rather than trusting that yeah. there's something outside of it. So it's, it's very um, tender work. Especially with family. Like Sharon yeah. and I always talk about, because we go into coach mode very quickly. It's just our natural yeah. state now. And so like coaching our family is like even more exhausting because like you have all that history going along with it. The, and then sometimes you, you, you're thinking, well, um, they're doing something that's kind of going against my boundaries and my values. And like, how do I stop my family? How do I tell my family? Like, that's a boundary of mine or no, not today. Yeah. Well, and you were sharing about it like before the, as you all were catching up and like with the auntie moment, it's like, you know, your mom was like, are you done with your homework? Or do you need to go? Are you going to go take a nap? So when we start to like have these, when we start to embody a different way of going about things than maybe our family is used to. It's mm-hmm. like sometimes it can't even register with right. Oh, that's such a powerful thing. And I sure I know you got like a, something to say, but I keep telling people some of my clients too who are going through um this growth and empowerment, this journey of empowerment. And I tell them, I said, look, just be aware. Um the result is going to be amazing for you. You're going to have these infinite runways and you're going to have this empowerment, but the journey and how you go through it, like the ugly parts of it is that there are going to be people that are not going to be okay with your growth. And that mm-hmm. Sherry, you're the one that told me that like people are not going to be okay with your growth and you're going to have to have your values and your boundaries and you have to have that emotional intelligence for yourself and really decide like, is this really what I want? Because you're going to have to be okay with them not being okay about your growth. Yes. And this comes back to the identity piece of the, of the diversity wheel, because for example, if you've worked in a position for 20 years and that's what you've done for 20 years, and then all of a sudden a pandemic hits or, you know, you get laid off or there's something that calls you away from that, that job it can easily become something that we become attached to and say, this is who I am. And so we hear like these, you know, very tragic stories of people who lose their job and then they will end their life because it's Mm -hmm. like, I, I don't know who I am. So all of that to say, there has to be a deeper sense of identity than what we do. Yeah. And I think that has been the hardest piece for many of our clients is that attachment to your occupation being your primary source of credibility in a lot of spaces. Mm-hmm. And when you take away that, then what a then you have to really be confident and feel worthy to that you are enough in those spaces and that you are the credibility, not who you've attached yourself to or what you're able to do, but that you, when you show up, is what is of worth and value and credibility. And I mean, I, I recently had a session, well, probably in the last three weeks where one of the executives got on the phone and literally was like, cried for 30 of the 45 minutes. And 
I just sat there in silence and allowed the space. And literally the person popped up and said, I'm good now. Uh, so let's get back on track. And I said, um, I apologize, but I'm going to honor the space. And we're, yeah. we, will, we, we will need to use this time a different way. So what came up for you during that time? Mm-hmm. And we used it, we used it differently. And that person kept rejecting or kept rejecting. And I said, I just submit for you to consider that this is your 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 something is telling you that you need this time for you and not for this company. And we sat in silence until that person started to speak. And and I'll be honest with you, I ended up going over on that session, but at that moment, beyond being a coach, the person part of you pops up, which is I'm a whole space for you, no matter how uncomfortable whatever inconveniences outside of this that our schedules are now morphing and people are waiting on us no I'm holding space for whatever it is that's showing up in your body that's showing up in for, for you right now and I and I have nothing to solve it but I'm just going to let you be mm-hmm. and I'll be honest with you I ended up um and it's not n- typical but I did check in with that person later that night and I said hey just checking in um you know, I know that's not a traditional practice, but, you know, I just want to check in, see if you need anything from me or if we needed more time. That person literally was like, if you be open to it, I would like to get more time in the morning. I cleared everything. Guess what happened? First 20 minutes again, cried. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So then, he- then I'm just like, you know, at that point I had to say, hey, there's some other things that you may need, which is outside of coaching, but that's the, that's to your sense of belonging, right? In that moment, I was somebody who was not in the traditional circles in which that they normally operate in and use, but I was there to hold space and be a connector to say, you might want to consider your EAP services or therapy or whatever your core practices are when you need to get closer to to what drives you from your value standpoint, because we had had those conversations, right? And that's where things really shifted. And so we've we've even adjusted our coaching for that individual to take on therapy. And so now that 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 piece of you've gotten, you know, there's a professional aspect of this world and your personal piece, but there's a person behind this that needs to be healed and harnessed and and, and be supported. And that's more of a therapy slash spiritual journey for you. I mean, honestly, I'm not gonna lie, y'all. I had hindsight into my client who was I love you, but I was scared because I felt like something was wrong here significantly. And I wanted to make sure that I did as much as I could do to support them without, you know, stepping taking on the their line. well, and also taking on their burden too, right? right so that, that's right. a big thing. Because you got to stay neutral, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you are bringing up something that's so important and also counterintuitive, which is part of our belonging is honoring all of our emotions, not just like. Um, you know, getting up and like dusting yourself off and being like, okay, I'm good. You know, you pointed out to that person, like, hey, what you feel right now belongs. And that is totally against what like 110% of us <laughs> have been taught. It's like, no, one of the most common things that comes up when I'm working with people one-on-one is, is people will say things like, um, they're, they'll be dealing with a heavy emotion. So like, I'm, you know, I'm just so angry and I'm trying not to be, or, you know, I just feel sad or, or they'll be describing grief. And it's like, well, what's happening in your life that's making you feel that way? And it'll be horrible things. Like, 
the oh, and reality- they're not they're not wanting to acknowledge it or saying like brushing it off as as of saying like oh it's not that big of a deal like everybody has bad stuff happening to them yeah well that happens too wow and in, and in okay. some cases we don't even allow the space for us to have a normal emotional reaction to something that is very heavy in our lives like if you've lost a loved one then grief is the appropriate response like going around acting like you're not hunky dory (laughs) yeah that's actually when it's like okay well what's going on what's happening yeah i i do a lot of research on toxic positivity because I feel like our 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 society is saying, no, don't feel those emotions. Be positive, be positive, be positive. As opposed to, as you said, Tia, honoring every single emotion that comes comes to us, right? Like because what I what I feel happens with this like toxic positivity is that you don't honor those emotions and you don't deal with that grief or the loss or the fear, whatever you're doing. And you are, it's only going to make it worse. You're only making it evolve into this other monster. And I always, I remember going back to a, it was a non-denomination church and it's something that always like stuck to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm agnostic. I've, I've shared that publicly with everyone. So I go to all churches and have all spiritual beliefs in my system (laughs) that serve me. But that pastor at that time was talking about that we all go through struggles we all have bad experiences in our lives. And are we asking God or the higher being or whoever your God is, are we asking him to take us over it? Or are we asking him to help us get through it? Mm-hmm. And that's a big difference, right? One of them is evasive. One of them is deflective. Mm-hmm. The other one is now you're building your strength and reaching out to your community and honoring all those feelings that you feel and you're going to end up coming out stronger at the end of it or learning something different from yourself in that growth only happens through the crap that you go through (laughs) (laughs) quote unquote (laughs) i was about to say is that is that the memo because you done memo that you gonna send that out it gonna get you a good little background to put that on a quote because that was it right there that's what we're gonna take with us today if you don't take nothing else okay that's it that's that's the post growth happens with the crap that you go through okay and then sip your coffee girl i see you um i i do want to go back to two things right one the toxic positivity is is another way to exclude and i have had great conversations and i won't say arguments with people about this and i've said that you know it's okay to have positive affirmations right? Things that are affirming, things that are putting you forward. But when you are asking others to only be focused on positive things, and that should be, and there's something wrong with thinking about the all the things or the emotions that's coming up for a person, that's in a way to exclude them from the space in which you want to operate. And it doesn't allow them to be authentic. So I've had a lot of these conversations about, hey, it's okay that positive, there's nothing wrong with positivity. It's that how are you using it? If if you're using it to include or exclude people who don't exhibit that same behavior, then then that's not creating an inclusive space. I, I do want to take another step back to the conversation about grief because there's a lot of conversation about this in in a lot of work right now in a dni work 
because you know we often talk about grief as a physical loss of a of, of a person or a thing or something like that but we were just hitting on it before we got to this topic which was in this work when you're starting to grow you're starting to find your peace you're starting to be strong in your spiritual belief or your faith or your purpose in life in what you now be in charge to do which is against everything your family has maybe taught you that you should be aspiring to be you start to lose people who have once been in your corner and there is a space there that we don't allow even for the beliefs that we've held for a long time to be grieved. Um, and a lot of that is where people are like, I should just be over it. Well, I, I don't believe that anymore. And now I don't understand why people won't accept me for who I am, you know, or what I'm saying or my, my new belief or my growth. And we don't, we don't give space that those beliefs and thoughts need to be grieved. And so are the people who may not be no longer in your circle to support you and that you now be, be, are moving through into another circle of belonging that you're going to have to seek. And I just wanted to just pause with that because a lot of people are experiencing it. There's new books popping up about you know, how people are now letting go, you know, uh, prejudice and racism and all the isms and now having to step into new ways of being and believing and, and they're losing their community to gain a new one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to at least put that out there because we've had so many people who are going through that. But my curiosity around that is how do you, Tia, you know, help people explore spiritual practices, you know, as they going through these many struggles or transitions, because there's been a wave of fear and ambiguity and anxiety and, you know, beyond just the growth, personal growth, but people are just constantly being bombarded society-wise with it. Like, so what are those conversations that are you, that are you having or spiritual experiences that you're, you know, creating for others? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll respond to that. And one thing, if I may add about the grief part is we do often associate it with like the loss of a loved one or um, the loss of a group. I think it's important to be aware that grief can present itself anytime there is change. Mm. Come on. Anytime. Mm. That's that. (laughs) So like, you know, for people who may be just now, you know, returning to an office or um, everything looks so different now than it did three years ago that everyone in some shape, form or fashion is probably grieving something, even if they didn't lose a family member or someone close to them. Um, So one of the ways that I hope to, kind of show up in spaces like this when there are so many things that can act as um, triggers for us or, you know, there's so much good to fight for or toward right now. It can be difficult to be like, where do I step in? Like, where do I step in? Where do I stand up? So the important thing to remember is that um, when these things are happening, we can respond from a grounded place. So if everything was like a little storm that was stirring up, like um, social injustice, you know, women's rights, there's all of these things that are so, so important. We have to remember that we can be with these 
events, these situations, these things that need our attention, and we can be with them from a place that is grounded and centered, that is not um, motivated by our emotional reactions to them, which isn't saying that our emotional reactions to them are invalid, they're valid. It's saying, how do I move from reacting emotionally to responding to this? Like, what is the response that I would take? So oh, I use that all the time as the reactory versus your response. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and if we were to kind of think about like all of these things that are asking for our attention right now, it all comes down to like how we treat each other as human beings, right? Like how, you know, you pick your injustice and at the heart of it is like, there's a person here. There are, yeah. hum- there are humans here. Yeah, absolutely. And we had an episode a while ago um, where we talked about the equity of self-care We also talked about honoring like you only have you're only one person and you have so many hours in the day. If you're using if you're going at 100 percent or 100 100 percent towards a cause or it's like, are you leaving any room for yourself or anything else that you hold of importance, i.e. your family, i.e. you know, your hobbies or your spiritual walks or whatever it may be. If you're giving your whole self to this one thing, whatever that may be, are you holding space to give anything else for somewhere else? Like you you can't go 200%. Like that's <laughs> mathematic mathematically does <laughs> cannot happen. So, you know, I think I think that's that's really important is I love that and being able to sit where you're at with all these things happening around you. Um, and, and still being able to sit in that comfort in that, in your kind of whatever that may be, that spiritual walk that you are having. And a lot of times Shara and I see this with many of our clients when they, especially doing the podcast and having very difficult conversations and bringing up a lot of topics that may trigger other people. We, her and I always talk about this as we get kind of comments back and it says someone's triggered by something that we just said or they have a strong reaction. To me, that tells me, cause I'm, I'm where I am at right now. And today I am a hundred percent Elizabeth Davila Slay. Like I am who I am. I'm grounded. Just watch me y'all. But I yes. know, I know that this other person is coming in and being triggered by it. And one, like, I'm sorry that you've been triggered by it. Let's explore that a little bit. And it always comes down to, there was something else going on in their lives that was triggering this, that was beyond what I said. And it was something internally within themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that this is, this is stirring up a lot for me because I think that it, all, uh, there's a number of clients, right. That has listened to our podcast and I've been very open about my faith, right? Like, Hey, I'm Christian, grow Christian. I'm open to spiritual practices. Like I'm learning, right? And I've had people say, well, you know, you're not supposed to be doing that, right? You're not, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're a Christian, then you can't, why are you learning about Buddhism? Like, why are you, you know, learning chanting or, you know, you're, you're doing meditative practices or why did you go to this church or, you know, you went to mass? Like what, you know, so many, 
so many, because I, you know, I grew up Baptist, it is so many challenges to people who I've worked with, right? Work with, whether clients or people I've worked with. It's like, you know, I didn't think that about you, or I didn't know that you would be so open-minded. I don't you feel conflicted about that. And and when I tell them no, I'm like, I'm learning. I'm a curious learner at heart. But also as I grow, some practices don't grow with me the same. That doesn't mean that they're not important to my faith or that I don't still attribute myself to those, you know, tags or religions, right? Like, but at the end of the day, it's like, when you think about what I need right now, sometimes my old cup is not the cup I need. (laughs) So I wanted to just ask, like, you know, not so many people hear about contemplative practices, like what is that? And then how do you deal with clients or people that you encounter who is so, you know, gung-ho about religion and maybe not the practice says that are really the primary focus of them. Yeah. Whew, that's a lot. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, because I'm curious too, because I have, you know, I, I grew up Catholic, but, you know, obviously you've heard this. I carry all the what beautiful things of all different religions or faith practices. Yeah. So I would, I would say that Sometimes we need to hear things a different way. So at the heart of the principle or the belief, there may be some synergy across spiritual traditions, Um, but perhaps the tradition that we're in either is not aware that it exists, or isn't sharing that it exists. And so Shara, what you're saying is like, uh, you know, the container is no longer being of service. And so what is it within us that's saying, hey, there's more, there's more here, there's more, there's more to find out. And I think in a healthy religious setting, there is a practice that helps us move into the more right um and what we often come up against is like dogma right like um like this is the way this is how we believe and if you believe anything else well I mean that's just a bunch of crap (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I think being able to hear spiritual teachings, maybe in a different language is, can be help, can be helpful to Mm -hmm. us. And if we stick with it long enough, then we may, may be able to see the similarities, you know, in the two. It's interesting that you asked this question because one of the classes I'm in right now is exploring the parallels between um, Jesus and Buddha and like um, drawing out the the beauty in both of those lineages of teachings um, but so to respond to you what contemplation is or what contemplative practice um, helps us see is really our ability to mature spiritually emotionally you know and physically like all of all of the ways. So just to go back to um, the example that you were giving within the question is 
what um, contemplative practice practices can help us see is where we are to um, transcend and also include what may have been kind of given to us when it comes to spirituality and religion. So it's not uh, like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's like, hey, these things actually, they make sense. They seem to resonate. But like this other part that says, if I step into a, um, a mass or if I step step into something that's outside of my tradition that I'm going to go to hell, like, I don't know about that, <laughs> right? Yeah, so true is that? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, what, what, what did the container provide you that is serving you? And what? So what do you include from it? And then also, where is the opportunity to transcend and grow beyond that? So contemplative practices really touch on. Um, being able to be fully present with your inner world as a way to show up more wholeheartedly in the outer world. Oh, there are so many quotable things like one transcend and include. Yeah, that's not mine. That comes from Richard Rohr. So uh, I can that, that that gave me so much language and it also because I wasn't very open about my my kind of spiritual walk for a long time because I, in my work, one, I come from a very religious Mexican Catholic background. And also at work, I, it was very conservative. I would always get asked like, what church did you go to? Or, you know, or I'm like, well, today I'm, I'm reading on Buddhism today. I'm, you know, my, my brother's Muslim. I'm reading on Muslim teachings, you know, just kind of different, different teachings. And it was always like, well, you have to do this or this. And in our practice as a coach, we always put the and in there. It's like, yes. I and I can and all of this because it's all filling my cup and, and seeing the parallels and of all that. And just because you are of a different religion doesn't mean that, A, you're less than me or you're going to hell because you're, you know, or any of that stuff. It's like, I was, it always gave me like, weird feelings when I would hear that and so that's why I moved away from 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 that and there's nothing wrong with it it just didn't serve me right yeah and what you're talking about uh, is moving into a non-dual awareness which is another benefit of contemplative practices so moving from the it's either or to it's both and it's black or white so you need the non-dual I mean you need the duality right to be able to discern and make decisions and oftentimes it's moving into what's called non-dual consciousness or non-dual awareness um, that is needed so contemplation and action always go together it's not just about sitting on your meditation mat <laughs> and then right. not taking action in the world so um, it's not contemplation or action. It's contemplation and action. Yes. <clears throat> yes. I, I'm just, I'm so happy this is being said, you know, beyond just myself. And because and I, you know, people, I've lost people as um, colleagues or friends who felt like, you know, they, that because I wouldn't choose a side, right? Mm -hmm 
being Baptist or Christian or Pentecostal, pick a, pick one where people felt like you're not just, you, you don't wear, you don't wear your badge, you know, you know, flashy enough. Right. And losing people to that made you seem like something doesn't feel right about what it is you're asking me to practice because that's not how I grew up. My, my family is like, Hey, you come in, you hungry. We practice the openness. Like, Hey, you may be different. We're going to have some questions. We may have a joke or two, but guess what? You're always welcome here. You know what I mean? Or, you know, we may have to have a hard conversation. Like these are some hard edges. You got multiple generations in this family and some people just are too strong in their beliefs, but guess what? You're still welcome here. And when you meet people who are not like that and they become, it becomes more exclusive than inclusive, then you, then people, especially myself, have struggled with, you know, I'm not choosing a side. I just want to grow and I want to have joy and I want to be happiness. And I want to practice the values of what I've been taught through, you know, being reared in these um, practices, which is people are all welcome, even if we agree or don't. Yeah. And I'm going to be really daring and bold and say, when we're in situations like that, it's really saying more about the people who are wanting to put us in a category and how secure they are in themselves than where you may actually be. Because at the, one of the things that is at the heart of that is like, hey, I wanna be able for myself to know what box you fit in. Because then I know what I'm in for, what to expect, and I'm not gonna get any surprises, you know, from our, relationship. And one of the things that contemplative practices can help us to see is really on a um, collective level, like what you're explaining as a kind of individual experience is on a collective level, we are really at this stage of um, expanding consciousness. So it's like these two levels of awareness are creating friction against each other and we're being invited to grow and that tension it's like labor pains right so we have the the um not to get too technical but it's like uh it's called mythic membership so what is the what is the group that I belong to without question I take everything that they say to be true valid like this is part of developing as a human, right? Mm. Um, but in in a um, in an unhealthy, uh, I don't know if un- in an immature—that's a better way to describe it—an immature level of consciousness just says, "Okay, well, I'm just going to stick with this group." And what we're invited to do at this time is to use new consciousness, new energy to grow beyond that. And it always, always moves to inclusion and Mm. union. It's never about how separate can we be? It's always about like, how is all of this actually connected? I mean, that is the reflection for our podcast. Because usually we have like a moment of reflection. And I think what we're going to do is replace that moment of reflection if you're open to it, Tia, uh, hosting a meditation for 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 us and for our listeners as well, I will add in a safety 
<laughs> part of it. If you are driving or if you're walking, make sure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that you don't close. I mean, I don't know if your meditation closes your eyes or not, but don't be closing your eyes. Don't, close okay? your eyes. don't be getting into accidents on behalf of more than words. The aunties of inclusion <laughs> is not responsible. Right. <laughs> we got to stop. Wait, one question before we go into meditation. Is okay. there any anything that you want to offer people who are feeling that these emotions kind of stored up in their body? And, you know, one of the things we offer was that article that you put posted, which is like, how do you move that, that energy through your body? And some people are dealing with more, you know, deeper traumas. But, you know, is there something practical people should just consider daily or weekly to do at minimum to just kind of keep, themselves healthy and just be more conscious of what their body is telling them while they're working on their the rest of the parts of themselves right yeah okay so this is what's coming up while you uh when you ask this today and I'm gonna say it kind of tongue-in-cheek right um but maybe it is discovering what religion is for you today so let me explain let me kind of expand what I'm talking about here to uh, the word religion actually comes with actually comes from the word that means like um like to like re-ligament like bring like bring back together so what are the practices for you that bring you back together when you feel scattered so maybe and we we say this like um you know, uh, so-and-so golfs religiously. He's a religious golfer. Well, that's part of like what's like ligamenting him, right? So I think that during this time, you know, finding the things that bring you back together, whether that's meditation, going for a walk in nature, humming, you know, binge watching something on Netflix like what is the thing that's going to make you like come back to yourself and whatever that is make it your practice and also honoring your emotions is so important like there's no bad emotions allowed and we store our emotions in our bodies so when you notice it coming up you can witness to it and welcome it and um, it's that counterintuitive practice that we talked about but it actually helps the energy of the emotion just make its way through. I can't stop smiling, y'all. Like I'm my- telling you, I, <laughs> listen. If I could just, I'm bottling this up today, y'all. It will be. I'm on gonna sale. listen to this episode Ooh. over and over again. Like, Ooh, so many jewels. Tia Norm- it is. It but is, and you. Like, stop labeling, right? Bad, stop. good. Stop labeling people. Stop putting people in a box just because it's different than you are. Like, it's yes. it's going to be okay. Honor it. You might learn something. And yeah. also, like, because food's very important to me, Tia. So you will eat some really good food if you try different things. Yes. Oh, I'm hungry right now, y'all. So. Yes. <laughs> But you know what? You're right. And not only to stop putting other people in boxes, stop putting yourself in boxes. These self-imposed beliefs and practices and all these things that may not be keeping you safe and may do be doing more harm, take the time yeah. to just reassess. Like, honestly, I am with, I have gone back to the basics. Like y'all see joy because I've come in home. Like that stuff matters to me. And, and it, and it seems very simple, but in a, world of busyness and 
and, and anxiousness and those types of things, you can lose something like scheduling a time with your family or walking in the grass, you know, or eating right or, you know, taking a moment to journal or saying, you know what, I don't have the thoughts or what I want to say right now. I need a moment, you know, like we have, it, it's so many things that we just got to figure out how to try back on. I mean, try on and try new things. And just, I mean, honestly, it starts with that airplane rule. Start with yourself before you start expecting things from others. <laughs> so do we want to get into our guided meditation? Are we good? Yes. Tia, is there anything else, but, you know, before we go into our meditation that you think is important that we we haven't talked about today that you think is really important for people to hear before we do? I don't think so. I think if I say anything else, it's going to take us into. Yes. We're going to bring you back. We're going to bring you back. Because I'll tell you right now, I've been holding on to that question about the super ego, but we're going to bring you back. Well, that's what I was going to say. I knew that that was one of the- Let's talk about it. Let's talk about super ego. Because I'm telling you, when you said that to me, okay, y'all, I'm sorry. I know y'all waiting for this meditation. We might have to record that separately. I'm just saying. (laughs) So listen, there was an introduction call because, you know, Liz didn't know Tia. And we was chatting like this. Like, this is literally, y'all getting basically the conversation we were having. But when she said something about this super ego, I said, I just need to understand what you're talking about. She's like, well, I'll say before the podcast. Well, I've been waiting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because we did talk about that. Yeah, let's okay. do it. Well, and if if we are short on time, I can share some resources to direct towards a practice if people want to engage in perfect yes let's send people to your practices yes tell me more about this ego okay so the super ego first we have to understand the ego right um you might see this described as and i love talking about this stuff so i'm very good okay because i'm ready i'm so ready i am pumped let y'all hold it together first let's get to know our ego or our separate self our false self right this is the part of us that um, uses, that uh, puts our identity into this kind of language. I am what I have. I am what I do. I am what others think, say, or feel about me. Okay. So this is the the language of the, of the ego. So um, uh, I am, I am what I I am what others think, say, or feel about me. This is, or I'll go back to the job one because we've used that. I am what I do, right? Now I lose my job. Who am I? Okay. And so you can kind of go around the, the, those sayings and see where we ground our identity in this false self because you aren't what you do, right? At the end of the day. Um, and what the ego operates on like the energy of the ego is these desires. <clears throat> the desires are for power and control, for affection and esteem, and to feel secure and like your basic survival in- uh, instincts. So it's not that any of these things are negative. They've kept us alive, right? When you were a baby, you cried out, you got a bottle, right? So. They, they they serve us well, but what happens is we become attached and we say like, this is who I am, right? So um, one more time, security or power and control. And these all, when we're talking about the body, these all align with areas of our bodies. So uh, power and control, 
um, affection and esteem, like in our heart, and then security and survival, like your root chakra or like the base, you know, like your base. Um, so what happens with the super ego is that we take all of that energy and then we use it to make a moral judgment. So how that is playing out right now collectively, one way that that is playing out right now collectively is in women's rights, right? So if the ego says, um, I am what I do and I want power and control. So we see, all right, well, let's try to control this segment of society. And then the super ego comes in and says, okay, by the way, we're going to make just, we're going to make the moral, we're going to make the moral decisions for you about what you should or should not do with your body. So we're seeing this play out on so many levels collectively as a society. So that's what the superego does. It makes a moral judgment based in a false identity. And the core of that is really, you know, people have to know who they are, right? Like yeah. at the core, the work starts at that diversity wheel. Like go back to your, like find your wheel, go back. You have to really spend some time with yourselves and be, and don't just lean in on what, who you have been, right? Because the, so much has changed. In so a much life. has changed, yes. Yes. It's or like almost shoulda. you your box. You can yeah. get out of a box. Or the shoulda, woulda, coulda. Mm, like, true. you know, uh, we, we we tend to look at that diversity wheel because I often hear that, well, I should be doing this. I should have done this, you know? And it's like, well, let's get out of this. Let's talk about right now, right then and there. And then where where do you want to go? Not where you should go, but where do you want to go? Yeah. And all that disappointment lives in the body, right? Like it all with, lives in the body. Oh yeah. That's why we need about, those Zoom filters. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I joke about that collagen, but I mean, at the end of the day, all this joy is on me and I had no collagen, right? Like today, like it's, it's a joke. It's a joke. But this is the thing. It's like, you, it, we have spent so much time just doing before COVID and COVID made everybody pause yeah. and sit back and assess what at the basic, your Maslow's hierarchy, what at the basic and core of who you are, what is, who are you and what are your values and beliefs? And the people who struggled the most with that time was because they could not clear that noise. They did not want to hear those voices. They weren't ready to have those conversations. They, they did not know how far they could allow themselves to, to get, get down to the bones of it versus how much they was going to need to be built back up. I mean, it was so much more, you know, anxiety and fears and just loathing that kind of happened during that time. We don't give our, our bodies or our minds or any of us times to build back up from that. It's just almost like we get, every time I hear get back to normal, get back to normal, it drives me insane. Oh, yeah, because me it's too. like. It's not, we're not going, there is no going back. We are, I don't want to go back. I, I was lost. I was so lost and like stressed out. My hair was falling. Like I was having panic attacks. Like, no, I'm not going back to that. Mm -mm. I'm here. <laughs> 
Well, Tia, thank you so much for coming on our show. It has been such a pleasure, so wonderful. Um, we typically end our episodes with resources, and I know you want to share a couple of resources, either you know something that whatever moves you in sharing, whether it's like meditation or like spiritual spiritual teachings or anything like that. Yeah, so a, a really quick way that you can guide yourself through a meditation is uh, just to pause and um, tap into your senses, you know? So what do you hear? What do you smell? Um, how does your body physically feel? Um, is there anything that you taste? So uh, being aware of what we are sensing is a really um, accessible way to come into the present moment. And then of course our breath. So taking a few minutes to just observe your inhale, your exhale. Those are all things that we can guide ourselves and and when this episode comes out we will link it to your page so if you want to get in touch with tia her page will be on there you can get in touch with her you can follow her on instagram as well too and um uh, she has a couple of groups out there too so if you want to get to know more please follow her it's amazing it'll make your day wonderful yes (laughs) there are links to meditations on my page as well so Yes, please do. And when we figure out if we're gonna do, you know, have something in person, we we don't be mad if you get an invitation because we're gonna might have to bring it on in. in. Okay. Might have to bring it in person, get you involved Ooh. so people can meet you. Because I'm telling you, it's nothing like experiencing you. Now I'm telling you that I'm just saying the virtual experience oh. was amazing, but that that room when we were in person, something was that it was oh. something in there of value that I took away with me, and it was just like. Well, we're definitely energy. having some events that we're working on with the More Than Words podcast. So I think cool. she signed you up, Tia. That's so <laughs> exciting. I will just say I am still learning how to be with people in person. So if I'm a little awkward, <laughs> just don't. I've just decided I'm just going to put that out there so that people know, like, I don't really know how to people right now. Like, yes. That's okay. <laughs> I don't We're all getting back into it. We're all getting back <laughs> into it. That's why I've been working from home in my nephew's uh, bedroom because I just like, I, I can't people in an office right now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to the event to stretch my my boundaries. I need yes. to. Yes, absolutely. Well, we need to plan it together so we can make sure it's the environment that gives that you the best space. Oh, don't worry about that. I'll show up. And I'll- oh, no. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> I love oh, it. This is where I put my, my, my meditation into action, right? Like, I, I love it. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> well, Tia, thank you so much. Uh, thank you to the yes. listeners for catching in another episode. We have some amazing guests coming on. Um, follow us on Instagram at More Than Words Podcast. You can email us at Liz and Share at More Than Words Podcast.com to send us like questions or what guests you want to see or if you yes. have questions for us because Shara and I are doing some uh, after hour cocktails yes. answering questions from the yes. listeners. So Allegedly. <laughs> I've signed us up for so much stuff. Just, Anyways. just tell me where to be, Liz. Just tell me where to be. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> find us on Instagram. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Until next week, see you later. See you later.